Hello, Ramp Church. I'm so excited to introduce you to a friend of mine and a friend of ours here at Ramp Church, Neil. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Neil, Neil Cornthwaite is the partnership manager here at Barnabas, and it's so cool to be coming to you today, uh, Ramp Church, from Bloom Street, right in Manchester City Center, uh, where Barnabas is a Christian charity, yeah. um, works with the homeless in our city, serves the homeless in our city, and sees some incredible stories of transformation yeah. that I can't wait for you to hear about um, straight from Neil. So we're in the middle of a, of a chapter here at Ramp Church where we're studying the book of James, but this has been one of, uh, Neil, this has been one of the most unique kind of chapters we've done where we've, where we've studied scripture and the emphasis has really been not just on what do we feel like the Bible is, is telling us or leading us or instructing us, but it's also been how do we, uh, how can we plug our lives into some real needs in our city? Now, if you're just kind of joining this chapter, I do wanna encourage you to go back and catch up. That's the beauty of online church, right? It's all available on demand. And last week, we had an interview that was talking about the importance of our words and how they kind of frame our life, frame our world. So I want you to catch that. But we're also, um, like I mentioned, talking about some ways to plug your life in to gospel-oriented work in, in, the, in God's project of bringing renewal to our city. And, and we feel like the church is at its best when it's making Manchester not just best for the church, but best for every single person who lives here. Yeah, and so that's the posture we wanna carry. And, I, and Ramp Church, we wanna give you as many opportunities um, to do that and, and find other groups of people, other charities, other organizations that are doing that in our city. So that's what today is all about, is, is diving into Barnabas, who really for the first time we've partnered with this year. We'll talk more about that and, and what they've done. but. If, if you are just in, in, new to this chapter in the book of James, James is an interesting book. It's very practical. Um, but unlike some of Paul's writings, Paul kind of breaks down the gospel in, in, in little bits and helps you kind of understand uh, what it means. James is kind of assuming that you already believe the gospel and it's trying to, it's trying to, to, to let you see. James is trying to give us a vision for what does your life look like when you believe the gospel? And so it's, it's an incredible thing for seeing a community that's founded on the gospel and how that transforms us into people of justice and mercy. So I wanna read some scripture and then I wanna get into our conversation. So um, l- let me just read a few verses and we're skipping around really in the first three chapters of James right now. So let me first read Um, verses 9 and 11 from James chapter 1, and then I'm going to go down to James chapter 2 and read a big portion of Scripture there, Ramp Church, and then we'll get to the interview. So, James 1, verses 9 and 11. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them, and those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They'll fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. Now, we don't really have time to dive into that in this interview, but it's an amazing thing about talking about the way the gospel levels the playing field. And it's not really about what's on the outside that God is considering when when he's looking at our faith, but it's the way all of us 
have to have the same starting point when we come to Jesus. And we're going to pray at the end um, over all of you who are watching, but for those of you that maybe the gospel is, is a new thing to you, I'll even dive into that passage a bit more. Let's go into James 1. I'm going to read the first 13 verses, a lot of verses, so if you can just hang on with me here. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry and another comes in who's poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Oof. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? Verse six, but you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Now, if you remember when we talked about the the cultural context of James, that even explains some of those verses a bit more. Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? I love that verse. Yes, indeed, it's good when you obey the royal laws found in scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself, but if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who's broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you've still broken the law. I love these last two verses. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you'll be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who've not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. So much packed in those scriptures. And Um, We're going to talk today about how some of that life uh, of of a community of justice and mercy looks like in action. Then we'll be able to dive into some of those verses more in home group this week. So, um, Neil, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us here at Ramp Church. It's been awesome to partner with you this year. For for us as a lead team, we felt like going in to 2020 that... Um, works of justice and having a heart for justice would be a huge part of our journey as a community this year. Now, nobody knew (laughs) where we were going. Yeah, nobody knew what 2020 would look like, but I've been massively inspired to to hear from you, even the way the vision for you guys has evolved this year, and it's like nothing can hold you down, and you're seeing just opportunity everywhere instead of limitation. But for those, of, those in the Ramp Church community who are maybe new to Barnabas, what, what would you just say? Just a couple minutes to kind of give them an idea of, yeah. of your so, impact. Um, so we're a, a Christian homeless charity based in the heart of Manchester. And we've been established for, well, be 30 years next year. Wow. Always a bit of a sweet thing to say because yeah. we don't want to be here. We don't want people sleeping on mm. our streets. Um, but the need was prevalent 30 years ago. And a um, beautiful couple, Peter and Beryl Green, they walk the streets of our city, like most of us do, yeah. see the issue uh, and thought, not on my watch, you know. Wow. Um, they themselves had an incredible testimony of being saved out of some difficult situations in their lives and Jesus turned their life around and they just thought, we can't, we can't walk by and not do something. So they started um, just with a flask, some sandwiches, and they would go and sit on Piccadilly Gardens and talk to people. You're kidding. Um, quickly that grew, and they, um, they quickly got a double-decker bus, which is why we're called Barna Bus. No. So we are misspelt <laughs> for a reason. 
Um, but that bus... A little bit of trivia there for you, Ram. Yeah, yeah, that bus um, just started out with food, with clothing, and with access to medical care. Um, so we used to have, you know, volunteer doctors and nurses on, on that bus. Uh, and those three things are things that we've carried on all the way through, you know, what we do. Say those three things again. So we have food, yep. clothing, and access to medical care. Wow. Um, so that those three things still exist today in what we do. Um, and I, I wish, sorry to interrupt, but I yeah. wish you were here, Ramp Church, with us in this room. And it's one of the reasons why we wanted to film this on location. Yeah. I mean, we are on Bloom Street, right in the middle of city center. Yeah. And we pulled up to, to come for this interview. And we were just talking about this before the interview. It's just, what, a, what a location. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredibly right here in the middle of so many Yeah, meetings. So this building we got 20 years ago. Um, okay. So on that journey, you know, the bus is no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, and we got this building, the Beacon. So it's got that name Love as it. well um, for, for that reason, where we are in the city center. And um, then from here, we've been serving people um, over the years with that food, that clothing, with now with showers, access to medical care. We built on that with activities and classes and groups that run, uh, ran in the building. It's all pre-COVID, obviously. <laughs> um, and, you know, over probably the last eight years, um, we developed our support work. So rather than just feeding people, which, you know, on one level is a good thing to do. Sure. Putting clothes on people's back, great. But we knew that wasn't transforming lives and okay. it wasn't taking people off the streets. Wow. So over the last eight years, we worked really hard to um, make a pathway for people to get away from the streets into accommodation um, and then long term not return to homelessness. Um, and over that, over that period of time, that's been with other agencies, with the local authority, with, count, with the council and provision, but also other charities, yeah. uh, mainly focused on Manchester, but we also have some links in other, other boroughs. And um, that kind of climaxed, I guess, last year, which is, it, this is, a, again, a bittersweet thing to say because we were helping people, but the numbers were huge. Mm. So last year we served 2,500 people, um, which just gives you a scale of the problem uh, in the city. Uh, and one thing I will say in that, homelessness is not just rough sleeping. Homelessness is anybody who can't call somewhere their own home. Wow. So rough sleeping is the visible end. Okay. You know, when you're walking around the city centre, you might see people in doorways or sleeping in doorways. But homelessness can also be temporary accommodation, hostels, B&Bs, and people who just stay on other people's sofas. Or, I you see. Know, Which isn't as visible when you're walking city centre. No, no. Wow. So those big numbers are not reflective of who was sleeping on the streets, but that's I just see. big numbers of people who are in the system. Yeah. Um, and those 600 people then that we accommodated out of that 2,500, which is the good news, I suppose, within all of that, yeah. is that we managed to help 600 people get off the streets. Amazing. Which is brilliant. And, you know, we have great links with all the different services in the city. And last year, I guess you could say that was a huge success. Yeah. But we weren't satisfied. Okay. And we knew the Lord was challenging us. Um, so it's really interesting to look back now, post-COVID. But in November 2019, uh, we actually had something happen with our referral process with the city council. And we couldn't do what we used to do. And we were just really frustrated. Uh, and we just sensed that things were changing and we, we needed to change in order to work better with the, the, in the city centre. So we embarked on a journey of changing our service. So from wow. these huge numbers, we actually decided we were gonna serve less people, but we were gonna focus on the people that other services weren't that's looking bold, after. That's a bold decision. Huge decision, uh, a little scary, not gonna yeah. lie, uh, but we knew the Lord was in that. And um, come to January 2020, we, got, we secured some funding so we could do an early morning session just for people who were rough sleeping in Manchester. Okay. One of the things that we'd identified was you wake up in the morning, 
There's nowhere to go to the toilet. Hmm. There's nowhere to go and get a hot brew at like 7 a.m. We used to be open sort of mid-morning and people would come and they would get breakfast and showers and clothing, everything great. But you've missed that window yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So we started in January, one person came and we thought, okay, are we doing the right thing? So pre-COVID, this is pre-lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then by the time we got to March, we were serving 15 to 20 people every morning and coming in. A lot of people would just come in, get a brew, sit at a table, put their head down, go to sleep because it was a safe, warm environment for oh them. But then we were able to talk to people and we would be able to these people connect because when there was a big crowd in here, and this is not a very big space as you can experience right, now, right. we would serve 70 to 80 people in here in a session and people got missed. The quiet That's ones, sweet. the ones who just wanted to sneak in, get yeah. something and leave, yeah. we wouldn't speak to them. Yeah. But these so there are real needs in the room and you're feeling the sense of we could meet these, but we're not because yeah. it's more about quantity. Yeah. Yeah. quality. And Ramp Church, right behind us, is the kitchen. So all those people are being serviced yeah. at this kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a, this is a, this a is small space. This is a small space. space. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then COVID ha- happens. So then March, um, we are part of the Everyone In campaign. So um, the government's initiative to get everybody off the streets, everybody into a hotel room. Um, because at that point, we expected COVID to sweep through the rough sleeper population. You know, we expected it to be, I guess, like the care homes we're experiencing. I we see. expected that with the rough sleepers. So we were part of that project. We were doing referrals. I think we did 20 in one morning, you know, in one of those rough sleeper thing um, sessions. Uh, and then we had to close because this space is not big enough uh, to social distancing when you've got 20, 30 people. <laughs> uh, and the city centre was empty. Um, and actually it was not a dangerous place, but the police advised us to you know, do something different. So we immediately switched our service around. We moved out to a church just outside the city center and we set up there and we started making the food that would be in the hotels. Uh, because, and, because at that point, rough sleepers are in hotels. Yes. Hotels are housing. Oh, as in this is early on in the lockdown. Yeah, so this is March, April. Yeah. And so we went from, yeah, running a drop-in to running a kitchen. What in the world? And but when we were there, we were um, able to just serve them three meals a day. Um, and I think by the end of June, we'd done 40,000 meals, which is incredible. 40,000? 40, 40,000 meals. So that is a busy team. So are you, are you delivering? Is that what no, you were doing? No, so a bit of delivery, um, but we were um, working with the council. So there was some delivery happening with the council. We worked with two other charities, well, the church, and uh, reached out to the community to make it all happen. So in between us, you know, we kind of made that happen. It was a big space, so we could all social distance in there. So it was yeah. much easier to, to cook. Incredible. Well, in, in, in just a minute, I want to hear how you feel like the gospel and your faith even maybe it infuses or fuels, you know, some of the yep. mission that you're on. But before we get there, um, I've loved the way your thinking and your vision here at Barnabas has continued to progress throughout lockdown. Yep. Yep. And so walk us through that journey a bit. So from the 40,000. From the 40,000 meals, then we, um, we knew we had to come back here. Um, okay. We knew we needed to reopen because the hotel project was, was coming to an end. Yep. During um, that period, we came back to the city centre and did an outreach. Okay. Um, we what did that look like? So we partnered with um, Vine Life Church. Yeah. Um, and we went out on the streets, little teams, three of us, um, and we would go from here, take a little bit of food, hot drinks, and we'd early morning, we'd just walk the streets and mm. looking for people. And it was wow. the most bizarre experience, like an apocalypse. There was nobody else here. There was us, the police, 
the construction work because construction carried on. Continued, yes. And uh, and our guys. Wild. And there were days when we were just. I'd I'd, I'd get so complacent. I'd be walking down the middle of the road because there was no cars. Um, but in that period, there was a there was a cohort of guys who didn't make it into the hotels or didn't mm. sustain their place in the hotels. Yeah. But uh, being out in the street, we could go and find them. Make main thing was to make sure they were okay. They didn't have symptoms. Um, we didn't need to act upon anything, you know, to keep yep. them safe. Yeah. Um, and then, because of the nature of what we were doing, we were able to pray with people. Um, we had one guy who'd come out of one of the, the hostels and he was struggling with mental health. He told us he was self-harming and self-harming mm. worse when he was inside than when he was on the street. Wow. So we just, we just kept meeting him because knew, we knew his spot and he'd, he'd be there. So we managed to see him most days. And then one day he just said to us, I need to go. I need to go back. And we're like, oh, great. And we prayed with him regularly during that time. Uh, and people say that to us all the time, and you think, well, do, are they going to do it? We don't know. But anyway, he gathered his stuff in front of us, and off he went. And I thought, well, hopefully, we'll, we'll see. Three hours later, um, our CEO, Yvonne, gets a call from that, from that accommodation. So he's come back. Whatever your team did this morning, he's come back. You're kidding. And what he later told us was the moment he felt safe was the moment we prayed for him. Oh, And that goodness. convinced him he should go Back. What yeah. in the world? There's so, the natural and this and oh, the spiritual amazing. coming together yeah, yeah. right there in that moment, that story. Um, and then just during that time, we were able to, I think we put six people back into their accommodation in a period of probably about four or five weeks. Yeah. Um, but um, I've done outreach for 20 years. I've never, never experienced that level of success, if you like, because we had such a great offer. We could say, you can have your own hotel room. Yeah. Historically, it was dorms, it was mm-hmm. hostels, and, mm-hmm. and the guys are resistant to that. You know, some would prefer to stay on the streets than go into a hostel, and I get that. You know, yeah. it feels scary, it's intimidating. Sure. But when you can offer them their own room, wow. they took us off on it. So there was a, a slight silver lining with COVID yeah. that we could have yeah. their, they could have their own rooms. Yeah. Um, so we carried on the outreach. We knew there was around 30, 39 people out on the streets, so we knew we needed to reopen here, and we knew we couldn't do what we did before, and we knew we had this new plan in the back of our minds. So we went- of quality, yeah. going deep with, with a few people. So we went straight from being closed to reopening with our new strategy. So we didn't have a middle ground, which we were expecting. Yeah. So the Lord- No just, transition period nope, there. No, bang, straight in. <laughs> um, but obviously it was even smaller numbers. So the space that we're in now only allows us to have two guests in wow. at any one time, um, plus obviously our staff and, and volunteers, and we can only have five. Uh, of those so um it's tricky it's mm-hmm. slow yeah um uh, and we have to clean everything <laughs> all the time uh, and we've all got our masks on a face mask we take temperatures as we did with you uh-huh. on the way in uh-huh. um and so we have to follow all that covid protocol but we're still seeing people housed and we're still mm-hmm. seeing people helped which is the mm-hmm. thing i guess that we're so passionate about we don't want people to get lost we don't want yeah. people to get lost in the system yeah. or feel ignored or feel um, like their second best because they are homeless yep. in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Restoring else, dignity. Yeah, everybody else yeah. gets the help. All the yeah. furlough, all the different things, but right. they don't get the help. Yeah. So, so one of the things that that comes up um, in our conversations has been you, you're comparing this from from now being 20 years in this world. You're comparing this um, common cycle, and that often the homeless are on where they receive help and maybe they even go a step further and they get on a path of restoration Mm. for their life, but then eventually they'll get off of that path and then start back at the beginning. And you see that cycle, but 
part of the new vision for you is to step into that cycle, identify who you think is ready to go all the way with yeah. that journey. Yeah. And so when you're talking about quality, is that the way kind of you would, you would explain that, even, even breaking that cycle? Take people into that journey. Yeah, so obviously we, um, we take people in here, and mm. they come in, they might get food, clothing, showers, but we want them to sit with one of our team mm. to begin that journey. Um, and and I we, see your, you, we have a couple like little stations right yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all perspexed up yeah. uh, so people can sit and talk. And um, that starts with a referral. And if we can then get them successfully into uh, the first stage of accommodation, which might be a temporary room somewhere, one yeah. of the projects that we work with, and then we're watching, we're listening, we're wanting to understand the... Um, the do we pause there? Do you, yeah, we yeah, can. Get it, yeah. get it, Neil. Oh, it might be a donation. Hello. Oh, wonderful. Could you go down to um, number 61? Just, yeah, just three doors down, opposite New York, New York. There's a little Barnabas buzzer, uh, and they'll help you in with the clothes. Is that okay? Thank you. Thank you. I pointed and I realized they can't <laughs> see me. Okay, so how do we want to cut in there? Yeah, um, did you just ask a question? No. You, I, I did a couple sentences earlier. If you remember that question, the easiest is if you repeat the question and then yeah. we just cut in right on his... his okay. Okay. Yeah, take me on the journey. You, you asked me to take me on the journey. Ah, that's it, that's it, that's yeah. it. Okay, yes. Are you cool to start back there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. So can you kind of take us on the journey of stepping into that, that cycle? What does that look like? Yeah, so we bring people in here. Um, they come through the front door. They'll get a, something to eat, something to drink, get a shower, get some clothing. But most importantly, sit with one of our engagement workers. Yeah, I can see the, your two stations right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah all perspexed up, all ready to go. <laughs> so we can talk to, to people. We don't have to use masks. And uh, that's the moment where we want to do a referral. We want to get somebody into accommodation. So that could be a temporary room in a hostel in... Um, in one of our partner uh, organizations. Uh, and once they're in there, we're then we're listening. We're listening to see, are they following the rules? Do they want to make change? Are they engaging with the services that are there? Uh, and then we have a separate team who work in our office, which is just down the road here, mm. uh, in our caseworker team. And they will then pick that person up and say, let's see if we can work with them and get them to the point where they can have their own tenancy. Uh, so we have a resettlement worker then who would work with that person and um, take them on that journey of how do I establish a home? How do I pay my bills? Mm. Can I get back to work? What training do I need? All the different myriad of things. It's a holistic. Yeah, yeah. And you know, on that journey, there's, there's probably mental health that needs dealing with. Sure. Certainly addiction from most of the people that we're talking about. Um, they want to engage with doctors and medical care. But for us, every interaction with Barnabas, we're hoping and we're believing that they're gonna meet Jesus wow. in that journey. Um, and you know, we have volunteers in here from lots of different backgrounds, um, not necessarily all of them are Christians, but we, I love it when I do have Christians in here, because yeah. that's another opportunity for people to just chat Jesus with yeah. the people around them. Uh, and then my long-term dream um, around that resettlement work is to have partner churches who when we resettle somebody in a house, we can ring up and say, they're living here. They're Could in you your area. Them? Could you help them with? Finding the bus stop, where's the gym, um, can they get to work, all those different things. Placing and the lonely in families. Yeah, 
Yeah. Absolutely. And um, we'll train people. It's, um, it's not a, it, that sounds very straightforward when I say it in a sentence, <laughs> but we, we know the people we're dealing with, um, there's complex issues yeah. and um, we've got to keep everybody safe. So we yeah. would train people in those churches to understand the nuances, yeah. particularly around manipulation and particularly sure. around you know, healthy boundaries and all those kind of things. Um, but I'm convinced that is the key to um, eradicating homelessness in our city. Wow. It's the church, wow. community, and the love of Jesus behind that. Amazing. I mean, what honestly, what a bold statement you just made, yeah, eradicating yeah. homelessness. I mean, that, I, I just love how, how bold that vision is. And it's a, lot, it's a lot different than saying, we simply want to serve the homeless mm, yeah. in our yeah. city. And... You're, 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 in essence, wanting to work yourself out of a job. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we joked about it in here the other day with my team. We were saying, well, we're basically working towards redundancy, aren't we? <laughs> so, yes, we are. Because um, that's one of, the, one, of my, one of my pet frustrations. Um, we call it the homelessness sector. Mm. It becomes an industry. And, and the danger with that is that you then serve the problem to wow. keep yourself... In work instead of solving whereas our mentality is we want to eradicate the problem my goodness and i'm out going to something else Whoa. thank you very much it, and that changes your focus it changes the way you look at the huge, problem huge um because ultimately we have hope come on and most of the people that we uh, see who come into this space have no hope or very little hope wow. so we're constantly putting into the hope oh, into them so amazing yeah. so do you feel like there's a story of someone who almost is a, is is one version yeah. of what yeah. you've seen maybe many times, but that's also in your heart to see more and more of. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So just over a year ago, um, we had um, one of the guys, he, um, he traveled here from um, Hull and he got on a train and he, he described getting on the train going, I've just picked any city because he was running away from you know, problems and issues. Wow. And he picked Manchester and he came to Manchester and um, he got off the train at Piccadilly Station, which is... Uh, just down half the a mile from here yeah. uh, and first person he met who was begging he said where should I go for help and they said you should go to Barnabas so what in the world he had no idea and he came here and it was a Thursday and, and back this is obviously a year ago so pre-COVID on a Thursday we had Godslot and Godslot was is the moment in the week where we um, I guess turned this space into something that looked a bit more like church mm. so we had somebody who would lead worship um, and somebody who would share or um, a testimony or you know, preach, uh, and there'd be opportunities to, to have prayer, and, and obviously we'd have tea and cake. Of course, cake. of course. Um, so, um, yeah, that day, he was a Thursday, he came, he engaged with our team in the morning, um, and my um, support team worked on a referral for him, so he was hanging around outside, waiting for his accommodation referral, uh, when the team from The Message came uh, to lead the God slot, and they chatted to him outside, persuaded him to come in because he needed a coffee and he wanted coffee and he liked coffee. And they said, well, there'll be coffee. We're going to sing some songs, but there'll be coffee. So he came in and he sat what there. What we'll do for coffee. Exactly. Yeah. And he was there and, uh, and not, really, not really knowing what he was walking into. And he, he would say that himself. And uh, one of the guys from the message shared his testimony of getting saved in prison on Spice, which is just off the scale wow. testimony and his life story had a lot of mirror images with with our um, guest so um yeah and so he offered the opportunity to for everybody to you know pray the prayer give their lives to jesus yes. and um that's what happened and our guest he was 
he described himself as crying like a baby at the end of the session. What this is a hard-nosed, you know, rough sleeper. And uh, yeah, he and he just arrived in Manchester. Just arrived in Manchester. Just arrived at Barnabas, and there he is, giving his life to Jesus. Not really <laughs> sure what he's letting himself in for, but he described a weight lifting off him. He described oh. feeling new, feeling like a child, um, and didn't know what that was, and he wanted to know more. So. Paul from the message just led him through that beautifully and they just sat and chatted. And I didn't really know what happened because I was in the room, managing the room, you know, managing the space. And they were having this deep conversation, which I knew was good and there was prayer happening. I thought, this is great. Uh, and then he got a call from my office, from my team, uh, Stephen, got him this referral and off he went to the Embassy Bus, which is okay. another Christian project in the city. Amazing. Put him on there. So he's new Christian in a Christian environment, they do discipleship on that in, you know, every day. So he was just lapping it up and he did great. Uh, and because it was a message team who was here, they obviously had met him and liked him and thought he would fit in their house, uh, the Oaks. So they um, took him on board a week later. Uh, and now a year later, he's still doing well. Um, and he's in there uh, and he's been on mission trips to what? Germany. What in the uh, world? It's amazing. And then I spoke with him just the other week and his, um, his daughter, who was estranged from, has re-engaged with him. He's been able to reach out to her, had great conversations to the point where they went to meet each other. And in that moment, she was like, well, I didn't believe all this God stuff you've been going on about, but now I've seen you and you are completely different. Tell me more. What and so, in the world? This is, this is this not is, just a person's practical needs being met, that's important. Yeah. But this is a family tree being transformed. Yeah. I mean, it's the start of like new life it's, coming into this yeah. family tree. And for me, that's the, the dream, that we have guys that walk in here broken, the broken cities and broken walls that we read about in scripture, yes. and they restore. What Not us, I mean, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm part of that journey and the volunteers and Barnabas is part of that journey, but the moment they start leading others down the same path, I know that's gonna have long lasting fruit because I've never slept in a doorway. I don't know what that's like to be beaten up at night, to have a drug addiction, those kind of things. But he did and he does and he continues to, to share that story with others. So, so what, do you, you know, what, what do you think the role of faith and our hope in the gospel is, has to do with this? I mean, you, know, you, you don't have to be a Christian to, to want to, yep to be nice to people yeah. and, and, and meet their needs. And there's a, there's a lot of incredible organizations in our city yeah, yeah. who are meeting needs that aren't faith-based. You know, for you, why do you feel like faith is just an essential part of the lifeblood of what's going on here? And even for us as, as a faith family here at Ramp Church, what does it look like for our faith to fuel our action? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for, uh, like you say, there's lots of great stuff happening. Yeah. Social justice happening all around yeah. us. There's loads yeah. of great charities. But we, we're different. Hey, maybe. Do you want me to? <laughs> is it still Billy? Oh, is it Steve? Actually, I can open the door to Steve. Okay. Cool. I can just re-ask it. Okay. Hi mate. Yeah, we're just mid mid flow. Might be. I'll use the toilet real quick while we're. It's all good. It's all good. I'm losing my mic. <laughs> Anything in particular, Steve? 
fact, all of these have to be used today. They're going to get thrown, so take those. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. That's Steve who did the referral for oh, the embassy really? bus, so there you go. Oh, wow. Where were we up to? He had just asked you a question. Oh yeah, about faith. Fueling fa faith, fueling what we do, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's that's Is it all coming through okay? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Have you been at Ramp since the start then? or? Yeah, so I actually moved here to help start the church. Yeah. So I started going to the Ramp in 2011, just with my youth group. We mm -hmm. kind of changed at their conferences. So I'm originally from Michigan. Okay. And then my wife and I moved down to go to the school in 2014. And then we moved here in 2015. So, wow. So, yeah. How do you find Manchester? I mean, 2017. Yeah. yeah. Um, love it. Mm. Yeah. Not from a big city in the States. So we really enjoy being in a big city. Yeah, yeah. So we, we really do. Like yeah, great. Mm. <coughs> So how, how does faith kind of um, work into this picture for you? And there's obviously a lot of great organizations yeah. in our city who are meeting needs that aren't faith-based. So even, even for us as a faith family in, in, in Ramp Church, you know, how does being a, a gospel-infused people, how does that affect our, our works of service? And, yeah. So I guess uh, and we often say that about um, being in this space is we bring hope. Mm. You know, lots of people can bring food, lots of people can bring clothing, Brilliant. can even bring bricks and mortar. And for us, you know, particularly with homelessness, and you can probably um, think about this in other social justice issues, it's a heart issue. Okay. Certainly for a lot of the guys that we work with, you know, they don't, they don't have hope for the future. They don't know who they are. They don't know why they're on this planet. And um, that's just the bread and butter of yeah, the gospel. Yeah. yeah, identity, hope. That's and that's what we try and talk about. You know, we try and bring that um, front and center. And sometimes it looks like a cup of tea. Sometimes it looks like a shower. But sometimes it looks like a prayer. Sometimes it looks like, well, what do you think about Jesus? You know, we're sat in the building now. We've got scriptures on the wall. They know we're a Christian charity. Um, so sometimes it comes up, and um, that's great. Other times, nobody says anything about it, but they know. Something's different. And we hear as well stories of people who are in our environment who when they go to another environment, another service, a difficult or really bad behavior or 
you know, you get feedback, oh, I can't believe you're working with so-and-so because they do this. And we're like, well, they never do that with us. And we know why, because this building's full of Holy Spirit. This, this building's a place where people pray. This building's a place where Jesus is honoured. And we know that's what makes the difference. Um, so yeah, for us, um, you know, both individually and uh, as Barnabas, we know we're bringing hope. We're bringing the, the, the truth of the gospel Practically, yes, yeah. but there's also a whole spiritual dynamic going so, on behind okay, that. Okay, so can I, I, want, I want to get a bit more personal mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. And so um, feel free to avoid this question <laughs> if, if you like. But in your own spiritual journey, was there, was there like a period oh, where... Yeah, I think you muted your mic when you went oh, upstairs. Oh, my goodness. I sure did. There you are. Okay. I didn't realize until you started talking now. Okay. Which, this was the first time you spoke. That's the first time I was spoken. Okay. So that's fine. If, if you just cut in there, that, that would be fine. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, I have a bit of a personal question now. So, feel free to avoid the question <laughs> if you'd prefer. But was there, uh, was there a point in your own spiritual journey where you felt conviction or compelled uh, to, 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 to turn maybe what is for many of us just a spiritual, it's like in the spiritual part of our lives or it's in the Sunday morning portion of our lives. It's in like this, I have a religious portion then there's other parts. Uh, what, what was that journey for you to go, okay, I'm gonna take this from just being a Jesus, me and Jesus thing to I need, I need to put this faith into action. And do you remember, was that a journey, or have you always been kind of engaged in social? Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think it's a journey. I think it's definitely a journey. I think um, when I first, I got saved at university, and yeah. I guess when I first got saved, it was, I was just figuring out me, Jesus, well, of course, wow, of course. wow. Yeah. Um, then I had an encounter uh, a few years later um, that opened my eyes, should we say, to the Father's heart. Wow. What does that mean to be a father? And you know, Yeah. And... A lot of healing around my relationship with my father and, and other things in my life. But then I began to look at others. I was like, I can help other people. And Whoa. I guess uh, I've got, um, you know, pastoral gifting. And, and I, I, I love that. I love helping other people. And so that <clears throat> began a journey where I was doing that more, um, just helping other people encounter Jesus or, you know, um, I guess you, a bit of discipleship, those kind of things in yeah. my church context. Yeah. Um, and I'd had uh, blessed, been blessed to go to Tanzania um, as part of uh, a gap year that I did um, when I just got saved. And that stuck with me. You know, the, the poverty that I saw there yeah. is nothing like the poverty here. You know, the, the poverty there was just so extreme and so eye-opening. Yeah. And I was like, I've got to do something about that. But I knew, some people go to Africa and that's it. They're going to Africa, aren't they, on the mission field and they get hooked by that. But I knew that it wasn't, wasn't Africa the Lord was speaking to me about. It was about here. At that time, I didn't really understand that. So then I'm on this father heart journey and I'm learning about looking after other people. And it just began to hit me that, you know, I can't just do that in the church. I can't just do that for the Christians or the people who are, you know, middle-class people that I hang out with, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and being um, in Manchester, obviously there's been a homeless issue for 20, you know, well, for longer than I've been around, but I've engaged with it 20 years ago just doing outreach with my church and um, meeting people out on the street and just beginning to engage. And I probably did that for 10 years. Mm. Uh, and I thought, this is good, but it's not transforming lives. It's not 
what I want. It's not my passion because um, I'm just feeding people. And although yeah. that's nice and it's a good thing to do, it's not changing Fair lives. Yeah. So, um, yeah, about 10 years ago, I was actually on staff um, at Vine Life Church and I ended up, ended up, it's the Lord, isn't it? <laughs> I ended up connecting with Peter who runs mm. Barnabas and he had a building, I had a load of people and we're like, let's work together. So I began running here 10 years ago and that really began to open my eyes to the, the complexity of the issues, the, the characters that we meet. <laughs> um, the, I always say the best salespeople sit on the street of our city. Um, I, wish they were, I wish they were in shops and car showrooms and all those sort of things. Um, and I began to just, the Lord just, I guess, I guess began to fall in love with wow. the people who were the most um, vulnerable and wow. most on the edge of our society. And at that point, I didn't know how that would work out, how I could do more than what I was already doing. And, um, but I remember uh, being really inspired by Heidi and Roland Baker yeah. and their ministry. And uh, of course, they started with homelessness in London. Of yeah. uh, and I, I encountered them talking about Mozambique, which was great. But I just, I guess what we've just been talking about, I love the fusion of practical, we're going to feed you, but we're going to pray yeah. for you. We're going to yeah. see healings. We're going to see resurrection. And I was like, yeah. that's what I want. I don't just want to feed people. I want Beautiful. them to meet Jesus. Um, so I guess that's my, the last 10 years I've been yeah. kind of working out, well, the Lord's yeah. been working it yeah. out before me of how I've you know, done day that. Day by day, week by week kind of a deal. Yeah, so now five, I'm five years into working full time here at Barnabas. Um, and still every day is a journey. Every day I'm learning, yeah. every day is different, every day is a challenge, but the Lord's completely going before us. And um, I feel like, you know, that the story of our friend who got saved at Godslot is for me is that's the that's yes. the seed. That's the mustard seed. That's what keeps seed. you going. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's possible. Let's yeah. do it again, Lord. Come on. Um, obviously we felt slightly knocked off course a little bit by COVID, yeah. but the Lord's not knocked off course by yeah, that, is he? Yeah, and yeah. And we're still helping people. So, um, yeah, that's oh, my I journey. Love it. I love it. I, you know, <laughs> obviously, that's the first time I've heard your personal journey mm. in that. And a few things stick out to me that I feel like are, are lessons, points of inspiration for us around church. Number one is um, you weren't born doing homeless ministry. I know that sounds funny, but I mean, for some of us who maybe, maybe we haven't been involved or maybe we feel like, it's easy to categorize that as, well, that's just a certain type of person that does that. Mm. They just have a certain inclination. Yep. They're the people that, that help others. I don't even know where to start. It's so far out of my comfort zone. And so it's really neat to hear that this for you has been a progression. It's been a journey. Mm. And it's not like, um, and it's also, I think also sometimes we go, well, you know, those, that's for people who are really in love with Jesus and they just wake up one day, you know, they, they give their life to Jesus and every, you know, everything in their heart is like, I just want to help everybody in the world. And I'm not saying there aren't elements of that, but I think that's one point for us, Ramp Church, to go, what's the next step? Yeah. What's the next step in yeah. this journey? What's the next step in, what's the next little opportunity that, that I can kind of expand my comfort zone, that I can start to serve others, that I can that I can want to, to, to see God touch mm. other people's lives through my own life. Mm. The other thing that sticks out to me about your journey is when is the, the, the revelation of God's heart towards you, the Father heart mm. towards you, and then wanting to, to bring that revelation to others. And it makes me think of um, the, the, the way the New Testament describes our own love life journey with others, that we love because Christ first loved us. Yeah. And Ramp Church, that's a 
that is an invitation for all of mm. us. That to, to what? To receive and then to give. Yeah. And it's not just this outside-in kind of perspective where God's called me to give, 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 give till I'm empty and spent and can't figure out my left from my right. No, it's, it's this I'm receiving mm. And out of that place of receiving a revelation of how much I'm loved by God, how much I'm accepted by God, I can't help but want to, to bring yeah. other people in that storyline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so Ramp Church, I, I just think it's, this is a beautiful, beautiful opportunity for us to remember that truth. And it, it makes me, brings, to me, it brings me back to the invitation of James, part of the revelation of the book of James, when it's talking about that level playing field, that... Really, what is that level playing field? It's this. It's if maybe you are watching this and you're not a person who has great physical needs. And so you, you may be the rich that James is talking about here. Well, the starting point to come to Jesus is always going to be hunger. Mm. It's going to be, I recognize that I have a need. And so that's why James is saying you need to exalt in the fact that you've been brought low. What is that low place? It's recognizing I need, I need the Father's love. And then maybe you're watching this and you're not somebody who would consider that you would consider I'm rich. I have, I have plenty. You're going, I'm in a desperate place physically. Uh, I, need, I have needs that need to be met. If, if, if you're in that place and the gospel is, uh, James is saying, then you need to glor- glorify God for the fact that he's now made you rich in spirit. That that place of hunger, that place of recognizing your need is the entryway to the kingdom. It's the entryway to go, Jesus, I want to know you. I recognize I have a need that nothing in this world can satisfy. And maybe you've never said yes to Jesus before. This is, this is an incredible time to do that. And it, 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 there's, no, there's no formula behind it. It starts with what we just talked about. It's, it's recognizing our need. I, I'm struck, Neil, even by some people who, who perhaps you've walked with, some of the stories you told and there are people who maybe aren't quite ready for a life transformation yet. Yeah. Even though their physical needs, they're in great need physically, but they're not quite ready to make a change. And so for some of us, I think that's going to help us. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter what's on the outside. Until you're ready to go, God, I need you. I need what Jesus has done. And the beautiful thing about that is there's nothing we can do to deserve God, but there's nothing we can do that can disqualify us from being accepted by Jesus today. Just reach out. And, and I, want, I want to pray with you. But then Ramp Church, I also, uh, after this prayer, I want to give you an invitation to even engage in what God's doing in Bartimaeus and uh, in the partnership that God wants to do here. So let's, let's pray together. If you want to make the decision to, to reorient your life around Jesus, let's, let's pray together. You can pray in your own words, but I can, I can get you started um, if you want some words to pray. Let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for the opportunity to see Jesus today. I want to know your love. I want to know your forgiveness. Lead me into life. Lead me into hope. I want to give my life to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If that's the first time you've ever prayed that prayer, uh, there's a link in in the... right below this video. Just click on that. It says new here. You can reach out to us. And one of our team want to just celebrate that, that decision with you, but also put some tools in your hand to help walk this out. This, this life is best lived 
in community together following Jesus. But Ramp Church, we are in a season uh, this year, especially we're putting emphasis on this, but we're in a season right now in this, in this book of James where we're looking, how do we make our faith practical? How do we make it tangible? So we, we, we want to partner with, with Barnabas, and we want to do that through our participation when lockdown lessons, and we've partnered with you a bit yep. some this year. Yep. We, we want to do more of that, but I also want Ramp Church to give financially. Mm. So, you know, if we're going to give today, what are some of the things we're helping to see happen right now? Yeah, so you're helping to see um, lives transformed. So, Brilliant. you know, money given um, helps keep this building open, yep. helps us to feed people, clothe them, shower them, um, helps to uh, sustain our work uh, across the city. Um, we are um, embarking on a breakfast project that helps pe- feed people um, during the winter months. Um, that's a partnership that we're doing across the city. Um, so there's food that needs buying for that. There's PPE, yeah. um, all the different things that, that need to happen to, to make uh, the service safe and to serve the guys and girls that we work with. Brilliant. Thank you, Ram Church, for being a part of this moment. Thank you for being a part of this need. Thank you, Neil, for... In... Is that our friend? Is that Sean yeah. again? Mm, maybe Billy. It's all right. Billy. Yeah. Do you want to do that again? <laughs> That's fine. Well, you could, the best part would be for you to take it. So he just finished saying what the okay. is going. And me to take it from there. And then you just to take it from okay. there. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> he left. I think. Hang on. Let me just. Yeah. Where's he gone? You all right, Billy? He's off. <laughs> the life of Neil. <clears throat> okay. So Ramp Church, what an, what an incredible opportunity for us to get involved in what God's doing through Barnabas. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, yeah for even great. inviting us to be a part of this story, the story that God's writing through Manchester. Mm. And I love in, in, in much of what you said, how many partnerships just came into that story. Yeah. Barnabas partnered with different organizations. And Ramp Church, what would it look like? Just imagine with me. If all of us recognized the gift of God that's been given to different organizations, different charities, different churches in our city, and instead of instead of just being instead of being insular, we started to join arms with other organizations and going, it's going to take all of us to reach our city. It's going to take all of us to see God's dreams for Manchester come to pass, where there's a city that's created, that's built on uh, on the work of Jesus, and it provides human flourishing for all. And thank you, Ramp Church, for being a part of this. The giving details are on the screen. You can give and be sure to note Barnabas um, in the notes of that gift. And everything you give is going to go straight in to, to, to partnering with all that you're doing yeah, in our city. Yeah. So thank you, Ramp Church, for being a part. We're going to continue in our study of the book of James. So be sure to, uh, to, to read and study the, the discussion guide this week for home groups. And also... Tune in next week where you're going to hear some more about how we can put our faith into action. So you are loved. We're going to sing a song together to kind of close our service out. Um, And we'll see you soon.